0: Acquiring guests is expensive, it's much cheaper to retain them than to acquire new ones, right? And those are kind of like the two things you have to weigh as like, where do you want to focus?
1: STR Nation, before we get into this week's episode, I've got something I am so excited to share with you guys. For the last couple of years, we've been recruiting and training virtual assistants for our private mastermind students, and we have now officially opened that up to the public. So if you are looking to hire a virtual assistant for your short-term rental business, then go to strsecrets.com VA and we will recruit, onboard, and train a VA for you. And if they don't save you at least 40 hours a month in admin work, then you don't pay. So I put a crazy guarantee on this because I've been testing this out for the last two years with our mastermind members, and I'm so confident that it works that if it doesn't randomly work for you, I'm literally gonna give your money back. So if you want more info on that offer, head over to strsecrets.com slash VA. And now let's get to this week's episode. What's going on, STR Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Short-Term Rental Secrets Podcast. I am your host, Mike Shogren, here with my main man and brother from another mother, Mr. Emmanuel Pani. What's up, B?
2: My brother. So good to see you. Life is good, man. Summertime in Florida has officially started. It's it's hot as shit every day. But I mean, it is what it is, you know? We were just talking off air. We just went to the F1 race this weekend. And first of all, if you're into F1 please go watch a race because it's one of the most surreal experiences of your, of your life. And it's so fascinating, to do because like these cars go so fast that like you literally don't know the most like the weirdest thing for me was that like you don't know where to where to look because mm. you literally are looking at the track and they're just like zoom, zoom. And you're like, you don't see anything. So you look up at the screen and then you're like, OK, they're coming this way. But by the time you look at the screen and you look down, the cars already passed. And so they are watching you like you feel like an idiot in a sense because you like just keep watching up and down without knowing. And then there's nothing that humbles you back into your uh, tax bracket like Mm. going to an F1 race. Dude, the amount of money that people spend, especially Miami, like I don't know, like I haven't been to other races, but like I don't know if they're as expensive. But Miami, bro, humbles you. You like just you like what you think you have money? Clean yeah. That's the line over there. Are you there?
1: So definitely, thank you.
2: Bro, well, it's a different world. And that like emotional investment of what the human brain is willing to pay for things that you love. They do we bought two hats, they're $90 each. <laughs> and they were not like, you know what I'm saying? And you're like, don't even bat an eye. You're like, I don't know, I'm here as part of the experience. It's going to be different next year. Like you want one. And you're like anywhere else in the world, you'd be like, I have no fucking paid $90 for, for a hat. And so is it that like the human psychology, even like what? we do right like it's just like understanding like people sometimes are willing to pay more than you would think for the right experience or for the right meaning to it so that's always fascinating to me because i'm like you guys gotta be kidding me yeah 90 bucks for a bucket hat it's I'm
1: a like, bucket list thing though to go to a race it is control. it is
2: that's what i mean right and so you're like it's almost like a wedding like you don't logic like logic is not longer there you know like you buy Two waters and and two sandwiches is like sixty dollars, and you're like, I could have starved today. It would have been better, like you know. <laughs> yep, but it's good, man. I hope I hope we get to go there one day, meet you and Caden and and the family because it will be we a will blast.
1: definitely be doing that. A blast, um, and
2: I would love to see like see Caden and that was also the energy there, bro. Everybody was like, just like a little kid, like you would look around and everybody was just geeking, and it's such a like, I don't know, it's such a amazing and fun energy to be around when you see the grown adults kind of giggling when a car passes by you're just like what a, what a world you know that's so fun it was fun love it love it yeah what about you guys you guys are good
1: yeah yeah we had caden's birthday over the weekend which was so fun and um
2: yeah so man, running, man. I was moving that's crazy.
1: Along. hopefully the other hotel renovation is going to get moving along pretty soon Got through different phases of that so far with different boards in town
2: um mm-hmm. that's fun so oh yeah
1: oh yeah that's fun um <laughs> and uh we're getting ready to, to ramp up for busy season so memorial day is right around the corner getting the bar oh, staff yeah. trained up for the cove and um yeah i'm excited man
2: yeah really that awesome
1: and uh i'm i'm excited for today's guest too because we've we've connected offline a few times now we've spoken to the mastermind group he's got A very, very cool product. Very, very smart dude. And uh, today on the show, we have the founder and CEO of Stafi, Mr. Arthur Kochler. And uh, I don't even want to steal his thunder because I feel like I'm going to put parameters on it that it does a lot more than I'm using it for because, again, I'm a fairly new user of it. So, Arthur, welcome to the show, man. Thank you for being here.
0: Awesome. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah. So, I want to get into your backstory, but before we do, how would you summarize StayFi?
0: Yeah, I would say StayFi is your guest marketing toolset. So if you want to build a direct brand, attract guests to book with you directly, then we're the best name in the game. And we have all sorts of tools from data collection to email marketing to text marketing. So anything you need to build your brand and okay. become less dependent on,
1: Third-party booking sites. Yes, and we will dive into that in a lot more detail. But I'm curious, how the hell did you get into this? Like, what what made you start like this company focused around marketing for short-term rentals?
0: Yeah, I mean, it was pretty accidental. I think like a lot of people that find themselves in the short-term rental industry, whether you started with hosting one property and suddenly manage a hundred, right? There's a lot of people that find this way into this industry, uh, not in, totally intentionally. For myself, uh, my background was in marketing and I had a marketing consulting company and I had clients in all sorts of industries from furniture to B2B artwork and someone who I went to grad school with just happened to have a 150 property, property management business called Heirloom um, and they came to me to develop their direct brand, which Heirloom didn't exist at that time, right? You know. And from my standpoint, having done marketing for a lot of companies, you know, the first place I thought we could go to was people who had stayed with them before. Right. Especially in this industry, Airbnb and Verbo have a lot of trust with consumers for better or for worse. Um, But most consumers are not familiar with independent short term rental brands like they are with independent Mm -hmm. hotel brands. And when I asked them, you know, how can we start marketing to these folks? They said, well, actually, we don't have any data. We don't know who our guests are, really. We don't have their email addresses. We don't have their phone numbers uh, because it wasn't easy to collect. So the first problem I really want to solve with the collection problem, which is how do you seamlessly collect names, emails, phone numbers, other data, not just from the booker, but from Mm -hmm. everybody staying in your short-term rental because what's so special in this industry is you have one listing that can sleep 5, 10, 15, 20-plus people. Uh, So that's so much data to go after to build loyal guests Uh, so that was the first problem that we wanted to solve
1: and it's so interesting right because I feel like you just made this accessible for our industry but if you go into any hotel or any Starbucks and they've got free wi-fi for you but to get on the network you need to give them your name and email address that's basically like what you built as one part of StayFi is anybody that's going to get access instead of just giving them the wi-fi info Go to click connect to the Wi-Fi, it opens up that landing page and it's like, hey, welcome. is your name and email address and then poof like they're online. So
0: yeah so the, originally the plan was just to go buy one of those solutions that Starbucks or a hotel uses, right? Um, so that was my original intention. but it turned out the players in that space, which are pretty vertically specialized as well, their products didn't work well for short-term rentals or were prohibitively expensive both from an equipment and software perspective. Like, there's a great company out of the UK called Beambox, but, you know, for cafes, but it's $75 a month per location, and you have to buy, like, $400 hardware, right? So that's not going to work for more short-term rentals. Um, Just the economics didn't play out. And those Mm -hmm. spaces have a lot higher turnover of people with, like, a single cafe, right? There's a lot more individuals coming out in and out of the day. So we had to come up with a way where hardware, software pricing, economic model, and then all the tools we integrate with would align with short-term rentals. So that's why we're so vertically specific and why we only focus on this industry, short-term rentals and now small hotels, which often our operators also own or manage, because we want everything in the product to serve the needs of this specific customer base, which are amazing people to work with. And most of our customers are traditional property managers. So managing on behalf of homeowners is who uses us. And then we have a lot of owner operators as well that own and manage their own properties.
2: Cool. So what is, what is the cost? Like, What is the, the upfront cost that somebody that's like listening to this has to be ready for? And like, does that cover more than one unit? Does that cover one unit? What does that look like?
0: Yeah. So I'd say the typical customer that's coming to us with single family home properties that they either mm-hmm. own or manage... They're gonna purchase a device from us called an Access Point, which can range between $120 and $200 upfront. Depending on the size, we have a few different models. And then they're paying a subscription that's between five. And if you only have one unit, it's $10, but then it goes down uh, once you have two. So the upfront cost uh, between 120 to 200 per property, let's say, and then the subscription, which is a monthly fee for the Wi-Fi data collection piece. Uh, that starts at $10 for one. But as you add more units, uh, the per unit price goes down pretty quickly. And if you're like Michael, and you already operate uh, kind of like an apart hotel, I believe the Beverly was the one we did first, the he actually had professionally installed compatible hardware. So a lot of multifamily buildings have ubiquity Unify, which is the company we work with for the equipment, have that installed. So, you know, 80% of our customers come to us and purchase the equipment. And then there's kind of this other group that has professionally installed equipment in their building or in their homes. And eight times out of 10, I'd say it's compatible hardware, just because this equipment from a cost perspective is going to be the most commonly professionally installed in these types of locations.
2: Mm-hmm. And so if you have an apartment complex or an apartment hotel or a boutique hotel, how many of these do you typically need? Like, do you have a range per room, or like, what does that what does that kind of look like? And does it connect to a single Wi-Fi network, or does it have its own? I know nothing, so it's it's very yeah. it's very interesting because I think I'm trying to think of questions that people would have. They're not currently using it, and also maybe have no fucking idea what piece of technology it would even like need to work.
0: Yes, yeah, so a single-family homes is very simple. In a single-family home, let's say it's five bedrooms, you buy a device from us, it plugs into the router, Mm -hmm. that device you purchase from us will broadcast a new guest Wi-Fi network in the property. So if you have homeowner Wi-Fi, let's say, that can stay running in the background. The TVs, thermostats, whatever, can stay on the existing Wi-Fi. The device that you plug in that we sold you will broadcast a new guest network that you name. And when you tell guests to join that, they'll get the captive portal. And they won't, obviously, you don't want to give them the old information or else they'll join the old network and you won't get their information. Things can get a little more complicated in a multifamily building or let's say you're converting a motel into a short-term rental kind of building. Then it really just depends what's there already. Ideally, you would have one business internet subscription for the whole building. And then that would be plugged to something called a switch, which basically allows you to run Ethernet, like 10 cables. And then someone could come and professionally install these access points, which are what they're called, across the building to provide Wi-Fi in the whole building. That's where we typically, if you're trying to do this for the first time, we'll actually find a local installer to help you map out the access points. Because you probably don't need one on every unit, but it really depends on the size of the building, where you can wire easily, the building materials, right? So there's a lot of variability there. hmm other folks that want to keep it simpler, the devices we sell also mesh. So in like a pretty small motel situation, we've had customers hardwire one and then mesh two and cover the whole building. Uh, so you definitely don't need one per unit, but a lot just depends on uh, how your the size. building is wired. And that's when we kind of lean on a local professional that can come and do a site survey and give you a quote on what it would cost to set up a professional internet service. And what's nice about that is it would operate like in a hotel where... When i join the internet in one room whether it's a lobby or in my room and i walk around it's one persistent network and your device just you works throughout the entire building seamlessly
1: it's like an orbi or an eero or a google home like on steroids like for commercial use and each one of those access points is hardwired into the internet exactly
0: yeah so we actually have a network engineer on our team so uh single family homes easy setup and then if you have more complex networking questions then we have someone internally that can assist you and how to best set up kind of a more complex multi-family environment
2: Mm -hmm. awesome so that was on the bit of like how do you actually get it right like how you get the emails and everything else what happens once you have the emails like you have like a couple tricks for like what are the best practices or like what to use those emails because again to me it's just like it's cool to have emails but if you don't do anything with them, yeah, like, what are we doing with them? You know what I mean? Like, you're not going to be individually messaging people and be like, hi. I hope not, exactly. at least, right?
0: Yeah. So I'd say there's kind of two scenarios we come across. Mm-hmm. One is a property manager that's maybe more mature and has been operating, is already doing email marketing, and they're coming to us to get more data. In that case, we integrate with over 20 existing email marketing tools, whether it's MailChimp, Revenate, which is like a hotel product, HubSpot, Salesforce, Campaign Monitor, Constant Contact, Active Campaign, Klaviyo. So if you already have a platform and you have an agency or internally and you're running it and you love it, uh, we'll just push the data there automatically whenever we collect it. That's kind of scenario one, just supplementing what's already working for you. Scenario two is you haven't done email marketing before. um, And then we have our own internal email marketing tool within the platform that's built for short term rentals, as well as a text marketing tool that you can use as well. For the email marketing tool, we kind of have some standard best practices we advise folks to do. Number one is an automation. So essentially every time someone logs into the Wi-Fi, you can send them an email automatically describing your brand. And if they booked on an OTA like Airbnb, they probably don't know that you're an independent operator with your own brand and website, right? Um, So we want to introduce your brand uh, maybe give them some local recommendations or a link to a guidebook that you may have be using. And then obviously educate them about the importance of booking direct upfront, and maybe mm-hmm. giving them kind of contact information if you'd like to do that. And then we recommend setting up some subsequent emails. So you're automatically sending three to five emails to every guest. So you can make that once and it's being sent to everyone over the course of 30, 60, 90 days. We love to integrate, especially smaller folks recommend pure text emails in that flow. So you may have some like branded templates that you pick in our platform, but it's great to throw in a pure text email written from you. So it appears like you just wrote them an email from your Gmail saying like, hey, John, thanks for staying with us. Like if you ever want to come back, you know, just email me. And that just goes to some generic sales inbox or whoever handles reservations on your team. Uh, because those types of emails that are plain text are much more likely to go into the main Gmail inbox and not promotions. So there's lots of tips and tricks we have about engaging with guests during and after the stay in an automated fashion, Uh, because we find that early on, it's a big ask to be like, oh, you need to create an email newsletter every two weeks with fresh content. But if the ask is, let's just create six emails one time that get sent to every guest, you can make sure you're doing kind of the bare minimum of brand marketing uh, to ensure everyone is educated about the importance of booking direct and why they should do it in the future.
1: I was gonna ask that, what's the optimal frequency for you know, email? I mean, I send daily emails from STR Secrets, but yeah. you know, I wouldn't do that for my properties, right? So have you yeah. noticed like a trend of like, what's a good, like if you really were gonna dial this in, is it bi-weekly, is it monthly, is it every other month? Like what, what's the optimal mix, I guess, for emails?
0: Yeah, I'd say as your list size grows, I would increase frequency. I'd say once you get over like 2000 emails, that's when it's worthwhile sending a monthly newsletter. Um, When you get to five, 10,000, you may want to do it every two weeks or even every week. One of our customers, like larger 400 unit plus customers, Cabins for You, I'm pretty sure they send an email once or twice a week and they're getting bookings from every single one of those emails. So as the list grows, it becomes more valuable and you could market to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's always good to have fresh content. So uh, things I've seen people do is, especially smaller operators, use text and email around cancellations. Like, oh, you had a booking for Thanksgiving, and they annoyingly like canceled the last day they could get a refund, and you don't have a new booking. Like, you can email your list and say, hey, we've had this cancellation. Especially when you own like two or three properties, and getting one incremental booking for you is so valuable, right? Because you're not even a property manager, you're getting all the upside there. I'd say for larger property managers, great to feature new homes and then subscribe that homeowner into the newsletter so they can see that you are marketing their property, right? So you have to remember that this marketing, while it's oriented to guests, if you're operating on behalf of homeowners, you're also showing them this additional effort outside of just listing on OTAs, right? So that's kind of differentiating you from other property managers. Um, So new homes are always great. Uh, if you have like, if you operate in a destination that's more seasonal, uh, discounts around shoulder season. So you may offer it like a ski and summer place, like that does, you know, mountain biking in the summer and skiing in the winter. But you kind of have the awkward fall, spring slower times, like really pushing reasons for guests to return to those destinations. Maybe they always ski, but now you're kind of giving them a new reason to come back. So it's really about understanding your market. Who your guests are and what's worth emailing them about that would get them interested. I see a lot of people doing Mother's Day emails right now for like the past month being like, Do you have Mother's Day plans? Like, wouldn't it be great to take your mother to one of our beautiful rental properties, right? So there's always holidays and things that you can thematically organize emails around.
2: Mm-hmm. And I then, was laughing at, that, at the Mother's yeah. Day one because I wonder if people use it for their mother in law. It's like, Wouldn't it be great to send your mother in law away but, for wait, the weekend? Exactly. <laughs> you know. You can have
0: fun with that too, right? Depending yeah. on what your brand voice is. And smaller operators, I find they're can have a brand voice that's more personal. Like, we're a small business that's run by this family, and this, we're a couple, and we have these properties, or, you know, and we have nine homes at XYZ Place. And then I see the bigger brands are more around like consistency. We have standards. We're not just like another Airbnb, right? Because we have 400 properties, right? So, kind of knowing who you are and how to differentiate yourself. Uh, what makes you special is super important. And that's kind of a generalized theme I see. And then let's say you, maybe you're a little bit on the larger side and you're just like, I really don't want to do this at all. Uh, in Safi, we actually have a partner agency called Switchback, which you can purchase one time or recurring services from. So on a one time uh, standpoint, you can purchase, they'll make you a custom branded template for your brand, which has a bunch of different uh, sections that you can reuse in future emails and they'll give you an hour training and they'll set up one automation and train you on google analytics um, so you can purchase kind of an onboarding pr- package they have two or they actually for some of our larger customers take over their email completely and send a monthly or biweekly newsletter um, so we want to have options for everybody whether you want to do it totally yourself whether you want a little help to get started and then you're going to manage it internally or you just want to hand it off to somebody else who's a professional and only does short-term rental email marketing. So we want to have all those options because we know people are at different places and may have more you know, familiarity with email marketing or, or less.
1: STR Nation, want to know how I gained $817,000 in equity in 19 months using none of my own money? Well, if you haven't already heard me talk about boutique hotels, I just recorded an 18-minute case study for my private mastermind group on how I bought a tiny 13-unit hotel in Rockport and more than doubled its value from 2.25 to five and a half million in 19 months. But instead of keeping this one a secret, I decided to share it with you guys completely free. Just go to www.strsecrets.com/hotels to access the case study and promise in just 18 minutes you'll know why boutique hotels are my favorite STR strategy in 2023. I break down everything from the renovations, the location, the investment, the equity, the financing, and how to take advantage of forced appreciation. So when you have 20 minutes, go to www.strsecrets.com hotels. And now let's get into this week's episode. One of the things that I've been looking at a little more closer, just thinking from content is looking like as an example, we've got a bunch of stuff in Salem. That's where the new hotel is going to be too, and super super touristy in in the fall, obviously around Halloween. But you know their tourism division, I look at the newsletters that they put out and the content that they put out on their website, and it, a lot of it's just like you said, it's around what's going on in the month of May in Salem. Like, mm-hmm. why should somebody want to come here in this month? And that way it comes from a place of giving value, not just like book my stuff, book my stuff, book my stuff, right? So it's like, hey, we've got this cool thing going on. And if you need a place, like, here you go. But it's just like, it's like that value add component to it as well.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I mean, that was my yeah, question on the mixture, newsletters. Mixture of content is yeah.
0: key, right? It can't all just yeah. be like deal, 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 book, book, book. And if you're not a, maybe you're not like an, you know, you may not want to give deals because you're a premium brand, right? Then you need some other luxury or services or something else that you're advertising that's special about coming to you directly.
2: How many people would you say, Arthur, once you get them on your email list, like what is the jump off rate? Question one. And part of that question is now that I'm thinking about like what the experience would be like, let's say you have a family, right? Like Mike is in one of your properties and then it's him and Kristen log on and then uh, Caden logs on. Is there a way that the system like? Ask the questions like, how old are you? And then automatically gets rid of certain emails to maintain the quality of it? Or or what does that look like? Or do yeah, you have absolutely. to manually go in there?
0: I'll do that. So I'll answer the first, there's kind of two questions. So the first like drop-off, when we look across our customers and we look, because now that we integrate with a lot of property management software, we can see the number of people booked. Uh, like if you have 10 adults booked in a property, we will capture somewhere between seven and nine emails on average from this day. So 70 to 90% of guests. Obviously, the more you you have a sticker that says, like, join the Wi-Fi network, like, the more you can kind of market it, the more people you'll get. Of those, uh, there are different options around how you want to handle email subscribes. So we have the ability to place a checkbox, which is for email subscription. You can pre-check it. You can require that it stays pre-checked. You can have it unchecked and people check in. So, you know... Depending on how you set it up, you're going to get between like, I'd say average like 80% of people are going to opt in. But if you pre-check it, it might be a little more than that. And then when it comes to email unsubscribes, you know, those initial emails, if you have an automation, you're going to get really high open rates, like 60, 70%. Those are going to over time drop. And the open rates are going to average like 15 to 20% over mm-hmm. time on newsletters. Each one of those newsletters should have a sub 1% unsubscribe rate or even sub half percent in fact if your open rates are too high the email marketing tool we have will warn you because it's a sign that you did not collect the emails appropriately Um, and that does not happen for us when you collect them through the splash page because guests are opting in or knowing that they're opting in Mm -hmm. so unsubscribe rates you know going to be between that half percentage to a percentage at most Um, And you should be consistently getting 20 to 30% open rates over the long term when it comes to the newsletters. And it will start much higher on the automated emails. That's good to know. Yeah, that's interesting.
1: I'm sure this can vary widely, but are there any kind of benchmarks around like percentages of people that will book from an email list?
0: Yeah. So from an individual email, you know, it's going to be pretty limited. Right. Because you're building brand awareness over a long time yeah. so that when they are ready in market to make a booking, they're coming to your website to check out what you have. Um, and then there's a the question of do you have availability right at the times they're looking and all other things like that? So it's going to really depend by brand and your size. Like, are they maybe they want to come for Memorial Day, but you're already booked? Right. So we can't do anything about that at that point. So we see like for from like a Bigger brand, as each email will generate somewhere you know between like two and ten bookings. When they look at uh, not just last click, but like uh, the the journey that the guest made or future guest made. So if you have Mm -hmm. Google Analytics and you're using e-commerce and it's integrated into your booking site, which is the most ideal scenario, you can measure more than last click attribution. So like that would be someone clicks on the email, makes a booking. What you'll see a lot of is people click on the email search for you a day later, you click on the email again. So you'll see the email as a touchpoint in the booking journey of the guest. And that's pretty common, right? Because people are not so transactional as get the email, make the booking. And that's not the expectation we want to set. People are going to look at the email, then maybe they're going to go to Airbnb and search there and go to Verbo or go to some other website, right? So uh, you're just putting yourself in the consideration set uh, for that next booking when they want to return to the destination. And if they had a great experience, They should obviously preference you if you have availability over booking another kind of unknown property through a third party site.
2: Mm -hmm. What, how long? So, how long is that typical journey like before you start seeing those kind of returns? Like, are we talking about like a three to four emails? Are we talking more about like eight to 10 emails? What does that journey? It really
0: depends on your destination type and the types Mm -hmm. of guests that you have and how frequently they stay. So, what I recommend is people. If you already notice people rebooking you on OTAs, like again and again on a Verbo or an Airbnb, that's the best indicator that a guest like that can be converted into a direct booker. If you have a destination that's more of an, you know, we have people in Hawaii where it's a lot of one trip a year, right? And mm-hmm. the booking window, though, is quite can be quite far out, like six months in advance or even longer. So they kind of know when they would start expecting people to start rebooking. And that automation upfront that I recommend, like in that month email, that's where you may see the earliest returns is that somebody will email you immediately after they stay or even during the stay saying they want to rebook it for next year, especially if it's a very like in demand weekend or time period where they know they want to come back next year. So you if you understand kind of your area, the normal booking patterns, then you will see kind of like. Where to expect bookings, right? And it could be it could be even during the stay, people will ask to book again. That's not uncommon if you give them the opportunity to contact you to do so, right? So, or even extend the stay, which comes up often as well. So, those are definitely opportunities where we see people make bookings, and then obviously knowing kind of when people typically book again, marketing around that period because uh, you can even schedule an email three or six months from when they logged into the Wi-Fi the first time. And letting them know like, "Hey, do you want to come back next year? It's competitive?" or make some like FOmo-ish message around uh, securing their booking for the next whatever period that they want to return for.
1: I would imagine that obviously the emails are important. You mentioned earlier about like the texting. I know for me, I get thousands of emails, and a lot of them yeah. just just delete, right? But if somebody if I get a text, you know there's a few of them through community or whatever that I'm on different distribution lists. I'll read those. So is there a way through StayFi to send text messages in bulk, or do you have to do it individually, or how does that work?
0: And yeah, so when you turn on the texting tool in StayFi, we start collecting phone numbers. And for phone numbers, there's a higher opt-in barrier than email. So we have to get an affirmative opt-in on a separate checkbox on the splash page. So the opt-in rates for texting are lower, like 20 to 30%. But like you said, the flip side is the read rate is like 98% plus, right? Uh, the thing that we caution people around texting, um, there's kind of three types of texts you can send at Stafi right now. One is a welcome text, uh, very similar to an automated email. Log in, you send a text message. In Stafi, you have the ability to insert merge fields into a text message. So you can insert the link to a property guidebook a link to the listing on your booking site. So you can create one welcome message, but that field, like their name or the name of the property or that link can be unique. So you kind of program one message, but it works for every property. We actually have a a review, like a rate and review text message. So it will ask the guests to review you. If they rate you five stars, you can then prompt them to review you on Facebook, Google, or your own website. And they leave you less than five stars. They can leave you private feedback. I like for people to send that like, day one or day two because you can actually, if someone does have negative feedback, you can address it before they depart and leave you a review on an OTA. Um, and then the final one is like a mass text where you can text everybody who's subscribed about a deal, I'd say cancellation. Um, I say the, the barrier for value for text, I think should be a little higher. Like you don't want to be spamming people with texts every week. Um, but if you have something valuable, you want to offer your past guests, new property, a discount for a certain time of year, Uh, you had a cancellation and need a rebooking for a property. Those are great things to send to that list. And you are going to have everybody see it
2: um, when they
0: open their phone.
2: So I love to use the word list because that was my next question. So when you do a text opt-in or an email opt-in, you're still able to kind of categorize and sort them through the specific property. So if I wanted to send a bulk message for a specific property or for example like let's say mike has the beverly and there's something going on at a property level he can automatically go in there and see like who my current guests are at the beverly and send a mass text being like hey guys there is a something happened to the power there's gonna be no power for the next six hours or is it only after the texting it's not really built to do that like yeah people who are there
0: um, but yeah. every guest record that we collect is associated with a property and a, we call it a property group. So let's say you mm-hmm. operate in five cities. You could have like the city as the group and then the property as the property name because maybe you want to send an email to everyone who stayed in Austin and not to people that stayed in Salem, Massachusetts. Um, yeah. So you can segment your list by either the property or the property group. And then I'll mention uh, with our property management software integrations, we will also go look in your software which I believe like used Guesty. Yes, so we will look in Guesty and we will look at if you've ever collected a real email in Guesty from somebody or if you collect one in the future. We will also import that with all those booking fields associated with that guest into the email marketing tool. Um, So in our email marketing tool, if you have your software connected, you actually have a Wi-Fi list and a PMS or property management software list. So when you send a newsletter, you can send it to the holistic universe of all guests that you've ever collected any data from. And then Mm -hmm. for the automation, it would just, like if you're sending a welcome email, that would only be going to the Wi-Fi guest list. So you have the ability to kind of easily message or market to all the data you've collected without having to export CSVs and import them to other tools, right? Um, And we also check using a tool called Zero Bounce that all the emails are real and valid, both when we collect them and when we import them from your PMS, and we will remove all those fake, you know, Airbnb, Verbo, garbage emails that they provide you guys. Awesome, nice.
2: So we he could technically use it for like we are reopening, Get Book for like the, our reopening weekend. So you could use it like that, just not current, current news. Um, yeah.
0: So we don't differentiate between who's there and yeah, who's yeah. not. There, yeah, yeah. Right. Be collected, like uh, but you can, you know use dates and other filters to segment. So you could be like anyone who stayed here more than six months ago, right? I don't see a lot of people using that way, but all that functionality is there.
1: Cool. Now, I'm curious from you, you guys have added a lot of stuff to it and it's grown from just a poor contact information collection to basically a full-blown marketing platform. What's on the horizon or what's next for StayFi?
0: Yeah, so a few, few things that we are really focused on. Number one which is obviously connecting to more property management software uh, because it's a highly fragmented market and we have people that use every tool under the sun because you don't need the connection. i say second is more analytics um, and understanding who your guests are more. So segmentation mm-hmm. around looking at the PMS data, you know, we can segment on who are valuable guests, what's their lifetime value for you, how many bookings have they made in the past, So you can start understanding, like, who are my strongest repeat guests and who are people that have never rebooked with me and maybe you want to send them a different offer, right? So really doubling down on more CRM capabilities. So we start not just giving you all the data, but kind of helping you sort through what it all means and who's actually driving more direct bookings for you. Uh, And then more tools around engaging with guests and providing you other ways to, you know, basically drive more revenue, whether it's from stay extension to late checkout. There's a lot of tools out there that touch upon this, but I think we have a unique position just because we have the ability to get in front of every guest in the property in a seamless way. And we're not dependent on sending things through an OTA. So I get very nervous when we're sending links to property guides or other tools through airbnb right messaging just because one day they could decide we're not going to let you send links like this anymore Um, so we want to make sure we're once the guests in the property that you own the relationship with not just the booker but the entire party and we can facilitate you to market to those people uh, both during and after this day with anything that might drive more incremental revenue for your business especially just because we know for property managers those value add offerings during and after the stay are sometimes the most profitable piece of their business just because often they're actually not split with owners um, and they can you know drive more incremental incremental revenue from those types of products and offerings so we want to make that easier to do through our platform
1: i know one thing that we've had a lot of success with is selling gift cards or gift certificates and we just track them through our boards and monday and everything else and it's pretty informal, but like around like Black Friday or Mother's Day or all these things, like we'll just send those emails and like we'll generate thousands upon thousands of dollars in gift cards. And the irony is a lot of people don't even use them. But yeah, you're collecting all that cash and then it's like you just track it and then they reach out to your team or to you and it's like, hey, I'm looking a book. Um but it just builds it starts to build more of that relationship. And if and gives some them point if you right? can figure out how to do a rewards system I am all ears on that, like Marriott points and whatever. How how we could do something? Yeah, white like that.
0: label look is something we're interested in. So,
1: yeah, I think that'll be the next iteration for really building like a good, like larger brand, like with fewer locations. Yeah, like- I mean
0: that was the one cool thing Stay Alfred did before they fell apart during COVID is they actually launched a loyalty program, and they were the only ones in the industry, to my knowledge, that does that. I don't Costa definitely doesn't have a loyalty program. I don't think trips has one, to my knowledge. Sonder, I don't think so. So I'm not like the largest short-term rental operators in the U.S. I'm not familiar with um, anyone that has a loyalty program. Interesting that Expedia launched like a new global rewards program that, that includes Vrbo. Um, I will be interested to see like if that can do anything to increase their share over Airbnb. Um, but you know, I think, you know, lots of interesting ways to work with loyalty and rewards, especially because in this industry, like the booking fees on the third party platforms are so high, it gives you a good amount of revenue to play with and how you want to incentivize guests to book direct, whether it's just lower prices, or maybe you have more price parity, but you have a loyalty program and that's how you're giving part of the piece back, right? So there's a, there's a good amount of chunk of change that you could play with. Uh, to drive more direct bookings because unfortunately I don't think a lot of operators look at those costs as marketing costs, what you're paying to OTAs, but they definitely are. Yeah.
1: And once you start doing some traditional marketing, like we pay an SEO firm and like all these other things, like, yeah, it's just the cost of doing business. Right. A lot of myself included, when I was in this for the first couple of years, it was just like, I didn't look at it from that angle of like, cost of acquisition of a customer, right? It's just mm-hmm. a different lens when you look at it that way.
0: Yeah, a lot of people in the industry very focused on acquisition, a lot less focused on retention. And that's where we're 100% down. There's, acquiring guests is expensive. It's much cheaper to retain them than to acquire new ones, right? And those are kind of like the two things you have to weigh as like, where do you want to focus? Um, and acquiring is really important and all great reasons to focus on Third party channels and your own website and SEO. Uh, But the retention piece is how you build an even more profitable and sustainable business because you're not uh, some third party, you know, changes their algorithm or changes like who they want to feature more. And, you know, that can harm your business in a material way, right? So we just want to inoculate our users from, you know, changes that they have no control over, right? And put more of the destiny in their own hands when it comes to building their brand and having their loyal group of guests that love booking with them. And we have operators, actually, that don't list on any OTAs, uh, which I think are the most interesting ones, uh, who many of them have been in business for, like, 30-plus years. And they're just like, yeah, my, you know, I started with, like, mailers in the 80s, and now, you know, all of our cabins are booked directly all summer, and we don't list anywhere. Um, And those are really cool uh, folks that have kind of, you know, doing it a different way. And, you know, interesting to see that that's even feasible today. So,
2: mm-hmm. before we get into our last question, where can people learn more about you guys? Where can you get your software? Where can they follow yeah, you? Yeah, so stayfi.com
0: is where you want to go. And uh, stayfi is completely self service. Obviously, we offer more help, but if you have some listings, you don't need to do a demo. You don't have to, like, sign a contract. Don't do any of that stuff. You can literally just go to StayFi, make an account, order an access point, and for one property, if you want to try it, set it up, make a splash page, create an email, connect to MailChimp. Like, it's all pretty self-explanatory, and we have an onboarding guide. Um, if you want more information or have, like, questions because you have a more complex setup, uh, you can also book a demo at uh, StayFi.com on our demo page where you can watch a demo as well as book one with one of our sales folks. Uh, so whatever you're most comfortable with, if you want to learn more first, book a demo. If you feel like, Hey, I'm ready to start in a property. You can just go to the website, make an account and
2: get started. Love it. Awesome. Love it.
1: Well, Arthur, the last question that we ask all of our guests is what is your number one secret to success with short-term rentals?
0: My number one secret to success. That's a great question. I would say just, well, for me, I I think for being a software business in this space, I'm all about bootstrapping. I think you need to understand what your customer wants and build a product that they're willing to pay for and sustain your business, or else you end up building a product that's for no one or maybe just for one user, right? So I'm a big believer in bootstrapping technology companies and building incremental product improvements Uh, just to make sure you're constantly validating that what you're doing is valuable for your customers and you're getting their feedback. So that'd be my advice for anybody that wants to start a software business in the space.
1: I think it's also relevant for short-term rental hosts is to evaluate the feedback from your customers. And we talk about this all the time where a lot of people just complain about getting negative reviews without actually asking the question, how could I fix this so this never happens again?
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had somebody send me a message the other day and they're like, Airbnb kicked me off the platform. I'm like, okay, send me your listing. And the last couple of reviews were all terrible reviews. I'm like, they're just protecting the consumer. Like, it's just not, I'm like, I don't even feel bad for you. Like, you're a fucking idiot. Like, it, like you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just like any other business. You know, if you go out have a restaurant, there's the last six reviews. There are people like, I got food poisoning. I got food poisoning. So later, the restaurant's going to close. Very similar to this. And I appreciate also the, the hustle, because I think there's a lot of people now that like the easy thing is to raise money and to go out and ask people for money. When really a lot of people don't, haven't done the work to like actually own the luxury of going to somebody else and asking for money. And I think it makes you appreciate your business more if you like hustle through it. Like yes, It's
0: much more fun to build when
2: you have no resources because
0: everything has to serve a purpose. Like there can be no extra fat, no bells or whistles, you know, no. And that gives you so much discipline in building a business, right? And then when you do, or if you ever do want to raise money, you know exactly how you want to use it, where you're going to get the greatest ROI, and you really understand what makes your customer tick. Um, So I'm just a big believer in getting your hands dirty and not putting yourself, you know, raising a bunch of money and going in an ivory tower, right? And hiring a bunch of people. uh, Really being, you know, I did so many customer visits when I started and like went in person and installed equipment, right? I uh, met with all their staff on the ground just because I had to understand not just like what a product does, but like how does it get implemented in the wild uh, and how do property management companies work and how do they hire people and they have workers that come and go all the time, right? And how do you make a product that's resilient with all these changes and like, get acquired? So, uh, so many things that are worthwhile building slower, but doing it in, a, in an efficient way where you really understand how things work on the ground. Yeah, okay. the
2: the the visual of uh, how do things get built in the wild made me laugh because I see you with like a bunch of like cables and shit walking around. It that was, like, was wild me west in like Savannah, you know? and, like, Georgia. Like, exactly. Yeah, exactly,
0: Wild West
2: thing. and you're just like and going hard going, day at going at to work, homes, you know? and
0: they're like, no guests are there, and then there's like a party of like eight people there, and they're like, who are you? Why are you here? I'm, like, <laughs> oh shit!
2: Like, you didn't install your Wi-Fi. Yeah. You know? Cable guy, hey, I, prom- <laughs> I, I promise. <laughs> Awesome, man! It's been it's been such a pleasure to uh, have you on to get to know you. I've seen your name in in a lot of our chats, uh, so it's it's great to put a a face to the name. And we're gonna work on it. Like that's one of our things that we have on our on our list of improvements for our entire entire company. To so actually start start integrating with you guys and really start kicking off the, the email marketing. And I think anyone that's in our space knows from listening to you, us, Mark Simpson, that like Bill, that this is where we need to go. And in terms of like allies to get that done, I don't know anybody that's kind of doing it more than you guys. So we, we appreciate that.
0: Book Direct is a movement.
2: So it's, you know, website
0: companies, other folks, you know. So we're all working towards educating guests because the more guests we educate, the more it helps all of us. So big believer in, in working
1: collaboratively. Love it. Love it. Well, Arthur, thanks again, man. Really appreciate you and fellow listeners out there. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. We'll have all the links down in the show notes. Have an awesome week. We'll talk to you guys soon. soon.